Hello and welcome to the Soul Seeking Love podcast. My name is Alicia, but you can call me Leash. Join me each week as I go on a journey to answer life's biggest questions and probably ask a few more along the way. Thanks so much for joining. Hello, everybody. I'm diving right in this week because I had a sort of epiphany today and it was like a slow burn epiphany. This was not like an aha light bulb like moment. This was like back and forth screenshots, multiple friends kind of discussing. And then I eventually realized something that I've entertained in the past, but never really truly understood And I would like to share that with you all tonight and make you think about something that if you're like me and an overachieving perfectionist, overthinking, um, anxious type A kind of personality, this might not resonate with you. You might already know this information, but I, I knew deep, deep down, but I didn't really know. So now I know. And now... I'm kind of exploring this idea a little bit deeper than normal or like what I had ever thought in the past. So this has to do with relationships as it almost always does because I find that relating to people personally makes me think the most because we all think differently and we all explore things differently and we all learn from each other and it's just like how I like to learn. I like to learn through conversation and kind of one-on-one exploration like with people so as you all know I'm dating there's no one specific or serious yet if there was you'd probably know I don't know I keep things kind of quiet these days because yeah I don't want to have to go through the whole breakup thing on Instagram again because we've all been there and done that We've all deleted hundreds of pics and it just, it sucks. I haven't posted a man on Instagram in years, 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 years. So not doing that anytime soon. Anyway, I was having a conversation with someone who requested space and I'm not exclusively talking to anyone by any means. I'm dating and you know, again, nothing serious or specific yet. There are a few people that I'm like more interested in than others. I don't know where I land on their scales, but like it's casual right now. And it's very like new, brand new talking stages with anyone that I'm speaking with in general. But this one person in particular, I happened to like more than others. I felt like a genuine real connection there. And there were circumstances in their life that caused an issue and a need for space. And that's like absolutely fucking none of my business to share. And it's kind of irrelevant to this whole theory in general. Like it doesn't really matter what the situation is or was or will be. The learning process behind it and what I have deduced from this and what I've learned about myself is like the ultimate test. And I like... Gosh, I learned so much from men. But anyway, um, 
there was a request for space and it was it was very shocking to me because although there was no talks of dating or exclusivity there was definitely a connection like a a spiritual type of a connection like a really emotional bond like a lot in common it wasn't even physical to be honest with you i'll be transparent with you guys i don't i haven't really talked about sex on this podcast but it wasn't about sex and it's not about sex like we had a genuine bond and i was like oh this is somebody that i could talk to for more than like an hour like this is somebody that i could actually see myself developing feelings for and i was like woohoo this is exciting you know and i'm a hopeless romantic so and i'll talk about this more i i think i think it's important to have hope and I think that's why this that's why stuff like this is so hard. But anyway, so I'll get into that later. I was developing feelings for this person and I felt that that, that it was mutual. It was sort of disgust, but nothing again serious. So this event or multiple events happened in this person's life and it was shocking for them. I didn't realize how shocking it was because although it is definitely a difficult situation, it's not something that I don't believe will be, you know, um, handled and figured out in the near future. So to me, I was like, oh, wow, like, how can I support you? What can I do? And that's just how I am. I'm a very nurturing, like, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I'm an overachieving type A people pleaser. Like, I find value in bringing value to other people's lives. And although I'm consciously aware that that does provide something for me it's kind of like selfish in a way that I like to feel needed I'm aware of that I'm also aware that it's a way for me to disassociate with my own feelings and it's a way for me to like attach and prove worthiness because that's something that I struggle with like feeling worthy right and I've talked about this on other podcasts. But I think that a lot of us feel that way. A lot of us feel like, well, you know, what the fuck does this person even need me for? Like, what do they see in me? Like, if you're really, like, if your inner critic is like mine, you know, really nasty, mean inner critic, it's hard to believe that other people might want you. Because you're constantly talking down to yourself in your mind all day. And that's, it's real. Like, that's something that I'm still struggling with and working on. Like, my inner critic I think I named her Ursula on a previous podcast. I like that name. She's a fucking sea witch. She is a bitch. She's evil. And I want to be like a goddess fucking mermaid. And she's just like tearing me down. So I'm working on like, you know, quieting her a little bit. But right now she stole my voice and she's screaming. And I finally kind of like took the reins a little bit and was like, well, Ursula, maybe this isn't about me. So what had happened was I you know, this person started to distance themselves respectfully, by the way, it wasn't a ghosting. It's not a ghosting. There's communication there. Like if I reach out, there is a response. It's not like it wasn't uh, like radio silence. It was more like I'm going through something and I really just need some time alone. And even though it was communicated to me very directly and clearly, it just fucking it gutted me a little bit. It really did. It gutted me. And I'm like, oh, I'm not worthy. Like there, it just attacked my perfectionism. It attacked my overachieving desire to fix everybody else's problems, which again is a way to disassociate and 
<laughs> avoid fixing my own problems. So because that happened and I had this major reaction to it inside, like I didn't, I didn't like pick a fight with this person or anything. I was kind of just like confused and like wanting some more clarity, but I, I let go and I'm, I'm, I'm like working on accepting it, but there's a part of me that feels like, Oh fuck Alicia. Like you are just a piece of shit and this is an excuse for them to run, which actually doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make any sense because they could have just ghosted. They could have just ran. Like I could have gotten nothing. Like I could have gotten the radio silence and that's not what's happening here. And it's frustrating because I I just so desperately love to help and heal and nurture. So there's there's two there's two things with this that that are interesting to me and what I kind of like had an epiphany on. Number one, first and foremost, it's like a glaring, obvious fucking flashlight on what needs to be done still for me, right? So if I'm showing up and I'm saying I'm emotionally available and I'm ready for a relationship, like clearly I'm not. Because a part of me, first of all, is not holding boundaries. Because I'm saying like, like first of all, I'm not necessarily... um honoring their boundaries by like kind of demanding like why is this happening like I need you to give me an answer and I I didn't do it necessarily in that way but it could it could have come across that way over text like that's very hard to read right and and not only that but it's glaring that I don't have boundaries for myself because I'm basically saying like oh well I'm ready for a relationship and I want to move forward but if you're not like I guess I'll just like try to fix your problems and make this work so that I can get what I want. Like it's not, that's not how it works. I have to be clear in what I want. (laughs) They're clear in what they want. And if it works out, it works out. But forcing someone to adjust to your lifestyle or vice versa for no other reason than because it serves you it's not a compromise. Like, that's not how that works. So I'm trying to really find what it is that I need here. And the truth is, I'm in a rush for absolutely no good reason. I'm in a rush because society has told me, and this is fucking true. This is really fucking true. And I will I will go, I'll stand on my soapbox with this for fucking ever because I'm sick of this shit. <sighs> Did I ever think in my entire life that I would not be married at 34 and not have any children? No, never once did I fucking think that. I was a very late bloomer growing up and I had always wanted a boyfriend. That was something that like I remember very distinctly. Like as soon as I became a young teenager, like middle school, even late elementary school, a lot of my friends had boyfriends and it wasn't like real. It was like stupid like hand-holding shit on the playground. But I wanted that. I wanted that. I wanted to be wanted. And a lot of my friends, a lot of them were were hooking up and having sex young. And I, I wasn't. But I was like jealous. I was like, oh my God, nobody wants me like that. Nobody sees me like that. And, and the truth of the matter was I wasn't really ready for all of that. But I wanted to be because everybody else was. And I actually did want it. So I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was like 15, which is not old, but it wasn't for where like everybody else was at that time. 
it was very late. And I was very insecure about that. But I dated my first boyfriend for like four years. We broke up when we were like 19. And I thought I was going to marry him. So like when we broke up, that was a shock. And oddly enough, it's a fucking, it's interesting I'm telling this story. Because the reason I broke up with him is actually the same exact reason why this person is requesting space from me. Like life was just a lot at that time. When I was 19, life was actually the hardest fucking year of my life and um I grew up fast like I was a late bloomer and I was very naive and and very spoiled and like sheltered and at 19 like my world fucking came crumbling down everything changed and I just I looked at this this boyfriend of mine thinking like he he can't handle this like he's not ready for this and I felt like I mean, I was a absolutely horrible, like, nasty bitch to him and broke up with him, like, in an absolutely uh, just angry way and just very mean and very bitchy, like, just to put it very bluntly. And, but it was probably the kindest thing I've ever done because I knew that what I was about to go through he wasn't he didn't deserve and i would have dragged him through the mud with me cuz i was in a very very dark place and i knew i needed to go through it alone and it like spiraled into a bunch of different toxic patterns that i am finally now i think seeing the light at the end of the tunnel of but we're talking decades of work so yeah up until 19 i thought i we were going to get married like in our early 20s we were going to go to law school we were going to travel the world like like we were that was it But this shit happened and my whole fucking life changed and it derailed all my plans. And did I think that I was going to get married again after that? Yes. To two other people. One of them more seriously was big, obviously. The one before Mr. Big I thought about but realized that that was never going to work. He was just another toxic pattern. But then Big and I got together and I was like, this is it. I'm never going to be with any other man. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to find a connection with a man like this. And... I haven't quite obviously found it yet, but I saw glimpses of it with a couple people that I've met here. And one of them was this person that is requesting space. And I saw a glimpse of that, like that connection. And I was excited. But but I think about, you know, if I had married big, <laughs> I mean, we'd be divorced. I mean, we might not be divorced, but we would be in a very, very toxic marriage, like extremely fucking toxic. And... Did I picture this for my life? Did I ever think that at 34 I'd be married, no kids, not married, no kids? No, absolutely not. But if I look back honestly and say, could I actually be married with kids right now? Fuck no. I am just now getting ready for it because of all the toxic bullshit that I went through. And quite frankly, I had to go through it. I would not be able to be a good wife or mother if I didn't, I mean, I didn't necessarily have to go through. I hope nobody goes through what I went through, but I went through it and there was nothing I could do to stop it. So it happened. I had to kind of navigate through that. And now that I'm finally like I'm close to the other side of navigating and it's work that I'll do forever to unbreak these patterns. But, you know, this inner critic that tells me I'm a horrible piece of shit all the time. Um, you know, I know that these lessons are going to be what makes me the best partner ever. 
And I'm so fucking unwilling to settle for someone who isn't going to do the same. And quite frankly, I, I deserve it. We all do. Why should I have gone through all this work just to settle for something that's not going to absolutely set my soul on fire? There's no reason why I should settle for anything fucking less. Nobody should. So I've made that decision and I'm confident in that decision and I'm standing in that decision. So when something like this happens, the first thing I think is, ooh, you're not good enough. And I'm immediately brought back to that place at 19 where my world has shattered and I, I don't know what's up or down. And I'm like, wait a second. Why the fuck am I back here? Why am I thinking that this person's decision has anything to do with me when clearly it is spelled out that it has everything to do with them? And they even said something along the lines of like, this is something I need to do on my own. And I, I get that because I have literally been there. I've been there. I've done it to someone else, to multiple people. And it's selfish, but it's also selfless. And I know, I know how, how selfless it could be. So now I'm stuck with, why is it about me at all then? Is it actually even about me? If this hadn't have happened, probably we would still be talking. So how, like rationally, if I think about it, how could it even be about me? And even if we weren't, so let's say that this person ghosted me and there was nothing like crazy that happened in their life. They just ghosted me for no reason. That's about them too. Right? Because they're not emotionally available for what I'm bringing to the table. Because I make it very clear that I'm ready. Like, I want something serious and I want to settle down. And not that I, like, need to be married tomorrow. Again, the society has put this, like, fucking dark cloud over me that I'm, I'm going to be a spinster in a few years if I don't get married and start popping out babies. First of all, I'm going to pop out babies whenever the fuck I decide I'm going to pop out babies. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I will figure out a way to have them whenever I want to. And I'm not going to listen to the societal bullshit about geriatric geriatric pregnancies. That's dumb. It's the fucking future. Number one. Number two, (laughs) you don't have to have your own biological children to be a mother. So everyone can fuck off with that. And then number three is, I see all the men that I've dated and I see all the patterns in my life and the things that I've broken and like what it's turned into and what I've become from it. Why would I have wanted to settle? I'd be divorced. I know plenty of people that are at my age. I know plenty of people that are getting divorced or have been divorced at my age because they were not who they truly were. And they were playing a role based off of other people and conditioning and society and trying to fill a void that probably wasn't truthful or authentic. And I'm in a place right now in life where I'm like the most authentic version of myself i i mean i'm i'm still polishing that but we we will always polish that cuz we're always changing and evolving but i am very honest with who i am and i'm unwilling to let that go so if that's true and everything that i've done up to this point is like something that i needed to get here i don't fucking feel bad for being single in my 30s anymore nor will i i'm sick of that narrative I'm so sick of that narrative. 
I almost feel bad for people that get married in their early 20s because I, I like think, and I'm joking, like if you find your person, you find your person. There's no timeline. My point is just that like nobody is on the same path and we all need to stop with the bullshit. Like I'm not ever going to shame somebody for getting married young, but like the amount of shame that goes into people who get married late, like let's just fucking shut up about that. Because you meet your person when you meet your person. And if we could control it, <laughs> oh, God, there'd be no problems in this world. We'd be able to do anything. Be able to manifest all the money in the world and do whatever the fuck we wanted. But that's not how it works. Well, sort of. <laughs> Another podcast. Anyway, so I'm, I'm confident and I'm happy with where I am. But there's this, there is this fear. There is this looming fear that thinks like... <gasps> Oh my God, I'm unworthy. And this person is just reminding me that this is why I'm still single. And if it doesn't work out with this person, it's never going to work out with anybody. And that's all or nothing black and white thinking. And the truth is, and here's and here's really what I want to get into. This is the real point. I mean, I want to get into all of this. This is like, I just love talking like this. But the point that I'm trying to make is, The only thoughts we think all day, and this is going to be the most obvious yet mind-blowing statement in the world. The only thoughts we think about all fucking day are ours. Yes, we could read quotes, we could watch videos, we can go on social and see other things that make us think based off of what's said or shown or whatever. But the thoughts in our head, like what we choose to resonate with or agree or disagree with, like those are ours. They don't come from anybody like your reaction or your general thinking about something. Yeah, they're influenced, they're conditioned by outside people. But what you choose to keep and think 100% fucking yours. And unless you articulate them in some way via word or text or whatever, like like written word or speaking word. Nobody knows what they are. Nobody knows what you're thinking. And even if you articulate, like I, yes, I talk a lot, but I'm not necessarily good at getting my point across, which is funny on a podcast that I'm saying that, but I'm, I'm fucking real and I don't give a shit. I might not be saying words that make sense to you in your mind the way it makes sense in my mind. Like I could say one sentence to a hundred people and everybody will fucking get a different perspective from it. And I love that shit. It's insane, but it's true. So the fact that everything we hear or see or people tell us immediately feels like it's about us. Yeah, of course it does. Cause you're the only one in your head thinking shit. Nobody else is in your head with you. And that's why it's so fucking confusing. It's so confusing. So when I hear someone say something that I don't agree with or I don't like, like this caused a reaction to me because I was like, oh, space, I don't want that. No. I immediately thought, well, if I don't want it, then they must be trying to push me away. But they want it and it has nothing to do with me. In their mind, they're like, I want space and I'm saying no. And they're like, well, I want it. What do you mean no? And they're probably thinking the exact same thing. That I'm trying to push them away by smothering them. It works both ways. 
our thoughts don't always align with everybody else's. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes and that's where we learn. And like, I love not agreeing with people because it gives me an opportunity to see outside of my perspective. It doesn't mean I have to keep agreeing or disagreeing with them. It just means I have an opportunity to learn something new. Because they're viewing it in a different way. And yeah, I mean, honoring the feelings that come up for me, like that has nothing to do with them. That has everything to do with me. But what they say has absolutely nothing to do with me. So the hardest part here and then in general, what I'm sitting with is like, okay, this hurts, but I still would be interested in talking to this person again. And I don't know if and when that's ever going to happen. So do I give up all hope? Well, is giving up hope authentic to who I am as a person? No. I'm a hopeless romantic, and I'm a hopeless individual. Hopeless in in an absurdly, ridiculously insurmountable, hopeful way that I refuse to see only the bad in people. I refuse. It, it might not seem that way based off of how I act. I'm pretty tough. But deep down, I find it very easy to find at least one crumb of good. I find it easy and I cling to that. And that's that's how I've gotten myself into such toxic situations because... You know, and Big's a great example because he single-handedly broke my heart and absolutely shattered my self-confidence multiple times in multiple ways, more so than anyone I've ever known. And yet, (laughs) I'd still consider him a best friend because there's a lot of bad that happened between us, a lot. A lot of it was toxic and it's not all on him. I did tell him recently that it was all on him, but I was just very angry. (sighs) It was on both of us. And as much bad and toxicity as there was, I matched that energy. And I know that there's still a lot of good there. And I know that. And I I honor that. There's not enough good for me to like, you know, I want to be back together with him. But there's enough good for me to say... He didn't do it on purpose and he didn't do it because of me. And this is fucking huge. (laughs) But hurt people hurt people because they're hurt. Nobody intends to hurt others. And it takes a really broken person to be completely unaware of how much they hurt someone. Most people realize that what they're doing is a form of self-preservation because they just can't handle their own shit. And I know Big's one of them. We've had this conversation before. And I, I feel like I'm on the path to healing. I'm not, I'm, I don't know that anyone's ever truly 100% healed all the way. But I feel like at this point I, I don't have open bleeding wounds anymore. They're scabs. And every once in a while I pick on them. But in general they're healed. But I approach situations and people and things 
so much differently now with that lens of me feeling like I'm on the path to healing. And I know for a fact that when I was a broken individual and I was going through a lot of shit, like I hurt my first boyfriend. I did it on purpose. I knew no other way. But looking back, again, I I spared him (laughs) from years of what would have been hell for him. Because it was hell for me. And anybody that walked beside me, it was hell. So... For that, I think I think deep down, like he's happy now, I'm sure, and his life is wonderful. But I'm gr- I'm glad I did it. I wish I did it in a better way. So logically, when I sit back and think about the situation that I'm in with this person, oh, it's easy to get mad. It really is. It's easy to be angry. It's easy to block a phone number. It's easy to fucking curse somebody off and be pissed and say, where the fuck is this coming from? You're selfish, blah, blah, blah. But I'm sick of easy, right? Like I'm done with easy. I'm bored. I'm bored with that. I want substance and I want depth. And it's hard for me to say, I honor you and I'm here for you and I support this, even though I don't really like it. And knowing that my heart's slightly still open with hope, that's that's hard. That's the work. Hope and faith, I mean, they're... I'm not really a, a religious person. I was raised, raised very religious, but... God, I have so much respect for people that have hope and faith for things that they've never seen or, like, tangibly could feel that's the work like that's that's where the healing comes because if I truly want something and I truly feel like there's something worthy of my attention and my love and my um you know substance of me of my authentic honest self I have to open my heart up to it And that, and that's where, and that's where the work begins. So not completely abandoning myself in the process, but knowing that whatever presents itself, whoever presents themselves, that I will show up openly with an open heart, not waiting for someone else, but hoping that no matter what, the right person will appear. Ugh, fuck, that's the hardest thing. That blind faith in knowing. But, like I said, I refuse to settle. Settling is easy. Too easy. And I refuse. But we can talk about that another time. So anyway, think about your thoughts. Like, really, think about your thoughts. Take a step back and think about your thoughts. They're only yours. Even the words that I'm saying to you right now, how you interpret them in your mind, that's you. That's not me. I'm just throwing an idea at you. How you choose to interpret and understand it, that's you. Sit with that. And I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I really hope you enjoyed the conversation today. 
If you did, of course, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend. And of course, I'll see you again next week. Thanks so much and take care.